The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, people? Hello, ladies and gentlemen, folks, near and far. Uh, this is the shit you might have missed on Flash Black Radio. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My, My name, name is, is T. O R I C H. I'm sitting directly to my left. Not directly, but to my left. Yeah, to the left, to the left. Your best friend Slim in the chair to the left. Yeah, see, there you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, uh, Slim Williams, aka S S double. That's who. That's who. Sitting in the chair. Standing to the right, feeling a little bit left out. <laughs> I would be co-signing that if I actually like said my name on that one. <laughs> oh, really? We doing this? Leaving it to third, aka oh, Da Vinci Parks. Oh, thank you. And <laughs> down the middle. I was going to say I knew it wasn't my turn. <laughs> Happy whatever day. It was case savage for me. Hey, savage friend. Hey, West. Marcus. I'm not wearing any panties. She actually (laughs) might not be wearing any panties, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is going to be. All right. I don't really own panties, so. Well, there you go. Well, that makes sense because all your clothes are made of sandpaper. <laughs> sandpaper panties would not be a good look for anybody involved. Exfoliated with their pom poms. Yeah. <laughs> I like it raw. It's a whole oh, new yeah. meaning. <laughs> I switched to box of sorts and French knickers. Box of sorts? <laughs> <laughs> so free. Rock. Boxer shorts and French knickers. Yeah. Gotta breathe. Look it up. You have to let it breathe. You have to let it kitten. Yeah, exactly. Let the kitten have the air. Breathe in. Breathe out. (laughs) I can feel the kitten breathing. The bass ride. And really only because we wear clothes more than once. You know what I'm saying? Chest heaving. I can feel my kitten breathing. Lips heaving. Kiss the flesh. All right, go ahead. Um, Wait, no, wait, no, wait. No, I don't know what's going on right now. Tell me, babe. I don't know what's going on on this podcast or in this country. Or so let's just talk about the big white elephant in the room. Yeah. Um. Or does it have an automatic rifle? That's the problem. Yeah. Okay, like there's so many white elephants in the room. It's just like, you know. So I deactivated my Facebook when the second mass shooting came through. I also deleted Google News. I have no idea what's going on. Wow. <laughs> well, T. Rich and I was just. I was like, 50 people died. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm done. What's 29? 
but you know. We were just talking about it. We were like, the level of desensitization yeah. is kind of ridiculous. Like, I heard these headlines this morning, and then I saw on social media so much outrage. And then I, I like, noticed that I didn't feel any outrage. And I had to ask myself, have I, I have I become desensitized to the fact that there is a very clear demographic <laughs> in this country It's pretty obviously, you know, motivated by whatever feelings of hate and entitlement and, uh, you know, white supremacy, whatever like just keep shooting up racks of people and then you're not surprised when you see it. And it's, I just, I didn't feel the outrage. I didn't feel it. Nope. I think it's cause we're exhausted. I think that part is kind of the point in the, in the tragedy of it though. It's like, if you get to a point of fatigue where something as heinous as, you know, three lives being lost or one life being lost, you know, it was not enough to move the needle for a lot of people. And now it's gotten to the point where it's like, I mean, literally scores of people can be like killed or injured. And like, it, it, it doesn't really, people just kind of like again, and they just keep going about their, their business. You know, it's it odd times that we live in, you know? Um, Like I was saying to Slim in the car, it's like, you know, the the point where I expressed or felt any sort of outrage over this definitely dissipated after Sandy Hook. Like, y'all motherfuckers don't give shit about somebody going in and shooting, like, babies. Babies, Then what am I supposed to be outraged for? Waiting for you to grant it. Now, don't, don't, don't. I'm not saying adults should be killed. But I'm just saying, you know, there was a a point where that should have been, if anything, that should have been the point where people were outraged to the point. It's like, okay, we need to do something. And, excuse me, um, just the fact that it was a sneeze. Okay. And bless you. Um, Thank you. The fact that, like, nothing came out of that except, like, oh, man. Mentally ill. It's just like, oh, y'all just don't. This country has been bought, which we already knew, but. I feel like Girl, it's, I, I think it's less than nothing. Cognitive dissonance gave us the conspiracy theory of crisis actors. That's what happened. That's mm-hmm. what I was about what to say. What happened yeah. is it actually really did fool that somebody walked into a classroom full of babies and slaughtered them. Mm-hmm. But. It was so antithetical to like them and their second amendment that like they came up with through the power of cognitive dissonance with crisis actors. Yeah, that's actually, you actually got to the point uh, before I got to it. Uh, and there are people who are very staunchly on that bandwagon. Uh, there are <clears throat> individuals who have soapboxes that they like to stand on. To the point that they will go and antagonize the people, the families who lost children or lost loved ones in that crisis and you like campaign outside of the house saying that you're a liar, you're an actor and there's no record of you ever having these children. And it's, it's I mean, this is where we are in this country because like at the end of the, uh, well, I'm not going to say at the end of the day because I say that a lot, but 
ultimately what's happening when something heinous in this country happens where we should react together and say, wow, this is terrible. We need to do something to resolve this. There's this counter that comes from somewhere and I don't understand how they form or whatever because my mind doesn't work in this way. But there's this counter that says that, well, we have to push back against it. And crisis actors is one example of that. Um, We've had plenty of opportunities with which we could come together where which we can come together and and be better and have chosen staunchly not to do so. Like, you know, 9-11, we had an opportunity to come together and be better. And instead of, like, you know, galvanizing each other, we decided to start pointing fingers at people and demonizing, like, specific people, you know, including, like, Native indigenous people and shit like that. Like, terrorizing actual people who live here because you couldn't tell the difference between, like, Native Americans and, and Sikhs and Muslims and et cetera. Meanwhile, I think we should really address the fact that some of the most dangerous American jihadis happen to be people that pass for white. Or actually are white because there are a lot of people who become sympathizers and then like do that. As no, a I'm guy. talking about the, what, what was the little dude, the little dude, first of all, the little Boston, uh, the Boston Marathon dudes, you know what I'm saying? They were from wherever um, in a former Soviet Republic. Um, and you know, they, for all intents and purposes, pass for white, white with the accent, but you know, still white. Yeah, they look like um, European and they get to cover Rolling Stone afterwards. So, um, and saying? then there was, the, I think there, the, there was another one recently. He was Eastern European. Um, you know, like then there's just been some outright, you know, white guys who just went off, you know, well. I, on a whole other tangent, I just well to add on to what you were saying, and like and like if we're gonna like you know talk about the subject, I think another thing to talk about <clears throat> along with the cognitive dissonance is the idea that there there has to be this immediate rush to create a narrative as to what type of type of tragedy it is. Um, Trump um, was a mass shooting at the end of last week as well. Am I am I imagining that when there's something that happened at the end of last week? What Trump was saying. I think that was Friday. Okay. It, they just all happened so Yeah, fast. yeah. They, it's it's, it's kind of hard to keep just, it together, but Trump was I saying. Think the, you're talking about the one in California? Okay. Or was it El Paso? Like, I don't well, know. Well, El Paso was Saturday, and, and then, then Col- Ohio, uh, Ohio was, was like Sunday. early Sunday morning. Okay, so the one on the and other And then one, I think California. California was sometime a little bit earlier in right. last week. Right. And so Trump, okay. went, Trump went through like the, 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 the mental hoops to say, that, you know, it's a tragedy, but this guy was mentally ill. And it's like, again, the idea that you want to say mentally ill without having any understanding or background of this person's character, who they are, or whatever. But the only thing I know for sure is when they say this person is mentally ill, that automatically lets me know that the shooter was white. That that is that is the characterizing thing that happens when it's a white person shooting. And the idea is like terrorism is a very simple definition it's the is the the act of instilling fear or terror to control or manipulate a people or to coerce a people. I mean, that's not the like the, that's a summation of the definition, but it's meant to like instill fear. That's what terrorism is. We know it because we've suffered it and as a people for for centuries. And terrorism, like you know, be it like white terrorism or white nationalist terrorism, it's still terrorism, and they don't want to call it that. So, and that is that is indeed part of the problem too. That like these shooters. By and large, are often white, and there's is is this kid gloves the way they're treated or whatever. So I think that's also an issue that we need to address. Which, to be fair, 
out of the Trump household, surprisingly, Ivanka Trump actually said that something uh, needs to be done. Fuck Ivanka. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like you, I mean, you don't get to like speak up and be complicit. Like you're, I, I get it. Nah, nothing. You, nothing you say. Nah. I mean, there is. I'm not a, even. I'm not even giving her half a prop. There is a. There's a history of this. A fucking um, decoy. If you know, I'm not. Okay. If you know the the story of John Brown, um, you know John Brown was a was a white man who was an abolitionist and actively led attacks to uh, free. Um, slaves and fight for the equality of black people and he was hung for it um yeah, and, son. and uh in the history books when they as throughout history as they've told the story of john brown more so initially but they've gradually changed it to make it uh, give a tiny bit more truth and credence to it is they initially just called him crazy they said he was insane. They said he lost his mind. Like the idea that a white man would risk his life for the freedom of black people, they couldn't even fathom it. The history books couldn't, they just couldn't, they couldn't see, it didn't make any sense to them. So he had to be crazy, right? So the fact that there's this pattern where white men, feel like they have the right to take the lives of other people to defend them, to defend their rightness from the otherness of other people. And the only way you can make that make sense in your brain is to call those white men crazy whenever they do it, because they can't just be regular white men. They can't just be byproducts of the racist system that you have socially engineered in this country for, since its inception. So it's a history of it. Um, I would recommend everybody read the book um, that I'm reading right now to add to the pantheon of books that I think you should read. Um, Lies My Teacher Told Me. Um, it's a history of like basically all the historical references that people have gotten wrong in the history books. Uh Um, It's uh, written by Dr. James Lowen. Um, He's a sociologist and the book was written in 1995, but he republished it in 2008. Um, And it's just apropos. And he goes into everything. He goes into Columbus and the pilgrims. He also goes in depth about Abraham Lincoln. And um, he talks about John Brown and Thanksgiving. Yep. He talks about all that stuff, but he does references and he actually pulls sightings. uh, uh, I'm sorry, references from history books and he talks about how this history book described it and how this history book described it. so he he, he uses comparisons mm-hmm. of not just the fact that they got it wrong but how they got it wrong and he's a sociologist so he he applies his scientific understanding um to why they would choose to get it wrong the way they got it wrong um, so I would highly recommend. Yeah, he's gonna have to make some some updates after all this stuff that they've been doing oh, yeah. for the last like yeah. fifteen years with you know. Uh, um, workers and instead of enslaved peoples, like yeah, so he's gonna have to add it to your list with uh, people's history of the United States and uh, the has never the, been told in the new Jim Crow and like yeah, yeah. 
Um, I just want to clarify from my perspective. I, I wasn't trying to give Ivanka Trump a pass. <laughs> I felt like that, that like, you know, that, like, the fuck Ivanka Trump came out so fast. I get a chance I to know, because I was like, we're not doing this. Or, like, well, today. like we were, were not trying to do anything. I, like, I can't even remember the point I was trying to make. I was, but I want to be clear that I wasn't. Was. Huh? Hmm? What? No, I just need to be clear that I wasn't giving Ivanka Trump a pass. Okay, just... girl, do your show. I'm sorry. I, saw, I just had to do. I just had to that pull was... that out from Titus Burris. Did you? <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> that wasn't really directed at you. Oh, it was just uh, Titus uh, Burgess was on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, and, and you were and possessed for a second. I was. <laughs> Andy was being messy, and Titus was not here for it. He was just like, "Go ahead, girl, just do your show." Okay. I've just been waiting you know for sure since then for a moment that. to like, <laughs> like so throw that out. Like, have you seen that? Like you know, I ain't seen that shit. But uh, okay, so all right, you got your. So Candace Keller, who's from Ohio, I think she's a lawmaker. Anyway, she suggested we should place the blame where it belongs, and I'm going to read this because it's long and stupid. The breakdown of the traditional American family, thank you transgender, homosexual marriage, and drag queen advocates, fatherlessness, a subject no one discusses or, excuse me, discusses or believes is relevant, the ignoring of violent video games, the relaxing of laws against criminals, open borders, the acceptance of recreational marijuana, failed school policies, hello parents who defend misbehaving students, disrespect to law enforcement, thank you Obama, hatred of our veterans, thank you professional athletes who hate our flag and national anthem, the Dem Congress, many members who are open anti-Semitic, the culture which totally ignores the importance of God and the church until they elect a president, state office holders who have no interest whatsoever in learning about our constitution and the second amendment and snowflakes who can't accept a duly elected president. Those are all the people who are responsible for the mass shootings. Okay. So, so white boys likely with amphetamine issues, Mm -mm. you know what I'm saying? Who worship at a Nazi flag that Mm -mm. the greatest generation, you know what I'm saying? Died to defeat that, Mm -mm. that right there. No. Oh, okay. No. Uh, weed. I mean, like Colin Kaepernick, Obama. I'm gonna I'm go back to Ritland having prescription kids. You know what I'm saying? You know, 13 times more likely to become drug addicts than anybody else. Video games. This this is like to me. I I feel like it, it's so easy for people to like cast blame <clears throat> on other things rather than take accountability for you know their own biases and their own actions and behaviors. You know who is not shooting shit up? Koreans and Japanese. And I believe that they log more video game hours, you know what I'm saying, than anybody. So I just feel like, you know what I'm saying, until they start shooting up people wholesale, like, I'm not even interested in that. You really trying to say, hi, motherfuckers out here shooting up people. Somebody on weed decided, like, you know what? Yeah. That's not how we work. So I would well. like to see the dim. I would like to see the metrics yeah, on that. How we work. So well. <laughs> how many people who have smoked and decided to blow their high by, by just, shooting somebody? It, it, it's, it, it's basically that. That basically just said like everybody except for cis, cisgendered white males, and you know they're they're chosen and the women partner. who lick their balls. Yeah. That's basically what that is. That basically just like shout out to everybody. Like, what does President or Obama don't lick their balls? That <laughs> yeah. might be part of the problem. What does President Obama have to do with like like the respect for law enforcement? Where does that even like how does like how does that connect? Changed. 
He changed the air conditioning and now it's too hot or too cold. I just, I don't, man. I And people don't respect law enforcement. <laughs> like, what does that have to do with the Vegas shooter? Fatherlessness. What is, what is, like, because the Vegas shooter last time I checked. School policies. Hello. Like, Were you not paying attention? Shot 200 plus people. Was the Vegas shooter like 50 something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A white male. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he had a dad. Maybe. Probably a shitty one, but you know. Maybe sure my outrage. What does that have to do with Ted Bundy, who had a, who had like a mother and a father? And was a father. Himself. And was a father after, well, after he became like you know after he was incarcerated and convicted and all that. But yeah, I, I, I maybe maybe my outrage is decreasing because the more the more the historical record is clarified. Things like this, they're just, they make more sense. Like, they're not senseless to me. Like, it, it when you understand the way the country was constructed, the way people have been socialized in this nation throughout the centuries, and the special way all the variables of uh, murder of indigenous people, land grabbing, rape, slavery, Jim Crow, the willful... Uh, the willful uh, attack of reconstruction and the ending of reconstruction capitalism. Um, uh, if you did the uh, way capitalism has been applied um, when you look at like all the different elements and the amalgamation of like all the variables that make this country. When I see things like this, it's, it's just, it doesn't surprise me. I'm like that, that it makes sense that that would happen. It makes sense that, people would take the lives of a certain demographic of people would take the lives of others with zero accountability for what they were doing. And the people watching them do it don't want to feel culpable. Don't want to admit that the trajectory of the country has, has like not only caused things like this to happen. This is a part of the fabric of the country. When a white man murders multiple people because he feels it's his right to do so, that's not a problem with America. That's America. That's when people are like, oh, this is not what America's about. I'm like, this is exactly what America's about. I that mean, is what the country this was, is what it was built, built on. on. I mean, yeah. And, and, and this to is like, the Constitution. Yeah. And to like to further your point, hopefully in an intelligent manner, because, you know, I'm saying it. So who knows? But, uh, <laughs> Uh, like to be, this is the all in your feelings section. <laughs> that's not what it is. I'm, that's just self-deprecating, like you know, humor. That's yeah, but like, uh, I was amused. Well, Go like ahead, one out of three you. ain't bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I just feel like this also like makes the case for why there are so many people who can't acknowledge like the atrocities of slavery and why we can't actually get like actual like a come to Jesus moment on it or whatever. If you can't like even acknowledge the ship was messed up and how it could have affected people outside of yourself and why it was bad and that you're actually a direct beneficiary of it. You know what I'm saying? This type of behavior is kind of like the same thing. The idea that you see that a white person shot up multiple people, you know, as a white person, whenever, and you have to somehow make it other than that. You have to create a, a story like a Dylan roof. Like you have to, well, he was this, that, or the third, and there's so many people down the line that we can know, we know the names of. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's just, 
at, at like for me it's it like I don't think it's like that I don't care or I'm not angry. It's just like I'm not surprised. Like why why should I be surprised? Because like this shit keeps happening and nobody wants to do anything about it. At the end of the day, we understand that like, yo, true, guns don't kill people. People with guns kill people, but who are the people with guns killing people? And why are you enabling them to, to kill people so readily? Like, like you don't even if you can shoot if you can shoot 49 people in less than a minute, kill 20, wound 29, the reality is the problem is the guns. The problem is the guns. Oh, access, we yeah. We have weapons of war. We have weapons of war on the street. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Call it, call it what you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? But the AK-47 and everything that, you know, has come after it or is designed to function like it, you know what I'm saying? The original model for it was designed to be carried in war, to be able to spray as many bullets as possible. It's known for being wildly hard to control because the goal was not to have a focused target. It was just to spray the crowd chaos so i just you know like you know the bump stocks the 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 oversized clips the you know what i'm saying rate at which bullets are fired whether they be semi-automatic or automatic you know that whole semantic thing the reality is we got weapons of war on the street and i'm just waiting for somebody to show up at a mall with a grenade launcher and mm. then maybe we can have a conversation. That, that person was maybe. at the airport, actually. Yeah, there's been a couple of them, actually. Uh, well, you know, but 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 it needs to go. <laughs> when somebody called a Florida with that, that shit? Sound, yeah, it is. Nobody seems to be at all. You know what I'm saying? Worried. Like I saw that before I deleted Google News, and I was like, right, we just going like 60, 50, 100. You know what I'm saying? Dozens of people were shot this weekend, you know what I'm saying? But we just going to gloss over the fact that somebody tried to get a rocket launcher through airport security because we got bigger problems. We got to we got to get these video games under control. You can't like you I mean, can't be having kids playing Fortnite. That's yeah, just I mean, at the, doing a Fortnite dance which makes you more violent. Especially when their dad's not around. Yeah. At the, at the end. Well, because Instead of focusing on the root cause of the gun violence, we want to focus on the gamification of the gun violence. You know what I'm saying? But if we want to talk about the gamification of the gun violence, you know what I'm saying? Then we need to talk about what's happening in 8chan and all these other, Mm. you know what I'm saying, dark web spaces, which means then we got to talk about the fact that, you know what I'm saying, there actually is, you know what I'm saying, a serious white nationalist, white supremacist conspiracy to actually try and get enough mass shootings going on that a state of emergency is declared and they can try and take the fuck over. So like the reality is all of this is part of a larger plan. So when they talk that lone wolf bullshit, it's exactly that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? All of these people are congregating on message boards. There is a dialogue going on. There is memes going on. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the stuff that's going on in these videos by these shooters is a response. You know what I'm saying? It's like call and response. This is this is church for them. You know what I'm saying? They're going to these uh, dark websites. They're talking to each other. And then they play some of this shit out. You know what I'm saying? In how they actually shoot people. And then when people are, you know what I'm saying, responding to the shootings on these dark websites, they're talking about kill counts and everything like that. So it's not about video games, you know what I'm saying, that are actually causing this, but it is about the gamification of, you know what I'm saying, kill counts, because these are, these, I I would also like to add, are deaths of despair, you know what I'm saying? Seriously happy people don't go out, you know what I'm saying, and shoot 
a whole bunch of other people and then maybe hopefully get killed themselves or be able to, you know what I'm saying, be a martyr in jail. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not something that happy people too. So these two are deaths of despair. And and that, you know what I'm saying, is further evidence that this is America. You know what I'm saying? But we don't have want to have a conversation about all of the things that there is to have a conversation about because that means that we got to talk about white terrorism. We got to talk about its roots. You know what I'm saying? And cognitive dissonance says that this is mental illness and we just need to hand out Prozac and call it a day. Well, white terrorism or, uh, or like, you know, racist, it is it is a mental illness. You've got to be like, I mean, but I'm, it's not something you get excused for because that, that shit, like you, you're a willful participant in that shit. I don't, I'm not going to go with that's a mental illness. I'm not even going to pick up and allow that line of... Okay. of are you as I said, no, as I said, it, I was like, that's not the way I, I. Right, because I mean, there was a um, there was a video from a well-known uh, therapist. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Who, in most other things, she gets right, um, but she put up this video and was saying like, you know, racism is a, a mental illness, and a lot of the clinicians. We're like, oh no, no, no! We are not doing this. We are not there. Okay. There's, there's a big difference between you're looking at something like schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, yeah, and then you're looking at people yeah, with said that, yeah. people with paranoid personality disorders. People with all kinds of mental illnesses may buy into, you know, what I'm saying, white supremacists and other problematic ideologies that actually confirm their behavior as being right or normal but no the reality is there's too many perfectly sane people who believe that bullshit for us to try and buy into the fact that you know what i'm saying the people who do go, go and carry out acts of violence are automatically mentally ill and then therefore they speak for all of these other people mm-hmm. who subscribe to this ideology no Mm-mm. i'm sorry fair enough yeah all right yeah. Because Stephen Miller saying. Like uh, Slim and I were discussing uh, on the way here, like you can have a mental illness and or be an asshole. Yeah. Have right. learned nothing right. from Kanye. Like, <laughs> right. A, he has shown right. us. You could very clearly be both. Right. You and know. while being or an either. asshole can be pathological, it is not a mental illness. No. It is not. So yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on in this uh, good old U.S. of A. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I will say that being the being the glass half full kind of guy that I am, um, there's lots of evidence of the resilience of people when you consider the history of this country. And you consider what uh, people of color and immigrants and the LGBTQIQIQ. You can just say LGBTQ plus. 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 I can say LGBT plus. Yeah. Oh, that's it yeah. from now. I'm, yeah. I'm saying that from now on. Yeah. Um, LGBT plus community have been through, uh, and you look at how uh, you how much intention has been put into. Dividing people, keeping them separate, keeping misdirecting their focus and distracting them from the actual purveyors of their demise. You still have things like achievement. You still have 
someone with the idea of putting on a blurred con, you know, so that uh, people who people of color who love nerd culture uh, still have they can see their faces um, in something that they love to experience. You still see volunteering people who don't have much giving back to their communities. People are resilient. It gives me confidence that this can be overcome. The history of the country just teaches us that it's hard and it's slow and it's really, really difficult to do something that is the antithesis for which something was originally purposed. But it can be done and we prove it as people. We prove it every day by fighting, by being better, by improving, by helping each other. And it's not about whether or not we do everything we can because we're not victim blaming. We're not saying that if you do everything that you have to do to be successful and move forward, then why is, why is slavery such a big deal? Uh, why is systemic racism? Why do you want to blame everything on that? It's not about uh, ignoring those items. Those items are very present. Those items are weaved into the fabric of what this nation is. I'm simply saying that we as people prove that there is betterness in us and we can be more than what all of this foolishness is. The question is simply who's willing to take the steps, who's willing to speak out, who's willing to not only keep marching, but make determinations about where they're going to spend their money, who's willing to be a collective and go to Congress and speak out, you know, speak louder than the lobbyist dollars are speaking like it, it takes us who it takes us who are uncomfortable us who are disenfranchised and then those of us who are indifferent and not saying anything because they may feel like it's wrong, but it's not affecting their personal world enough for them to say anything about it. It takes all of those people mm -hmm. collectively so that the very small amount of people <laughs> at the top benefiting from all the foolishness that's still going on. So they continue to to promote it and propagate it behind the scenes so that they don't get blamed. Everybody else has to continue showing that we are better than this foolishness and it could be overcome. I, I, just, I honestly believe that um, we see glimpses of it. It's just not the norm, but we do see glimpses of it. I feel like I just put everybody to sleep. I feel like this is everybody just is everybody went night night. Ready to go night night, nigga. Was it too positive? Lee, was Lee it? is not even near his microphone. Yeah, I was like, is there I feel like you're about to leave. Like is this Bruh, I'm sitting right here. You like Homer Simpson microphone in the bushes. Is directly in front of me. It's, I'm just I'm just sitting down. You were so close What's and now the you're tone so far. of the silence, dude. I get it. I yeah, get it. It's just, I mean, no, I think it was a deep thing you said. Okay. No. We needed to take a minute to process it. Right. I could throw a bitch at the end next time. Bitch. Yeah, yeah, to make it more palatable. 
I do like Lauren Hill. I had a motherfucker, so the ignorant niggas hear me. Nah, just, you're going to be like Lauren Hill. You need to say that like a few days later. Oh, well, and I could just like not show up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it like Lauren Hill. <laughs> Yeah, she just did that shit again like over the weekend. <laughs> Yo, if you, you know what? If if you buy tickets to a Lauren Hill show, you deserve everything happens. you don't get. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that right there. That right there. And I feel like your friend who says to you, I bought tickets to a Lauren Hill show, <laughs> you should at that moment instantly be questioning every decision. They ever make from yep. that moment on because it's like really what? you know that's expensive it's not just a gamble but it's an expensive gamble that does not pay cash back quite frankly and you're not guaranteed the quality of her performance once she get up there so like i just feel like don't take suspect. don't take financial advice from that friend don't take <laughs> their suggestions on time management Nothing they got to tell you. Don't eat you. dinner at the house. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. You ain't watched this chicken, did you? You ain't watched this chicken. Uh, I think this is dog food, actually. This is... <laughs> That's the thing about it. Like, bitch, why are your tickets still so expensive? The definition Girl, of insanity is You remember is she not... dropped a single? It was $25. You don't remember that? Oh, God. No. It was like $175 for a ticket to see her like at National Harbor or someplace. And that's when I like almost choked when I was reading that shit because mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. It's bad enough that y'all still charge for this shit. But that is the going rate for this fuckery? Mm-hmm. Can I get that gig? Please, can I get that gig? I'm going to pay my taxes. Can I have it? <laughs> <laughs> That is foolishness. But other uh mm. hmm. so did y'all see this top fifty rappers list that came out? No. no. You can tell us about it. I anything hip hop based I'm willing to talk about. I mean mm. I, I it depending on if you throw three names out <laughs> and so, I don't agree with them three names, you don't need to read the rest of them. <laughs> What if I throw out three names and you give me the number you think that should be associated with it? Okay. All right. I will, like, this is a very dicey thing for me. Let me do a full disclaimer. I love talking about, like, hip-hop, and I love, like, talking, like, GOAT conversations. I personally, I feel like I should share this after all these years to a wide audience. I do not believe there's any such thing as a GOAT in hip-hop. I just don't. I believe, like, you can make a good case for a few particular artists. And I can see your point. I can respect your point right. for certain artists. Now, I'm saying I've heard people say Pharrell Mott. I've heard people say Jay. I've heard people say KRS-One and Rakim. But I just don't believe that there's a GOAT because it's... it's, it's they're different. Yeah, they're different. And there's, they're, they're too think, many, they're too many like, strengths. Yeah. There's too many different like eras at this point. I think that if you're a quality rapper, you are lucky to have He's not anywhere era. on the list? Well, I'm not surprised because it's Pharrell Mott. I'd be surprised if Black Thought was on you could get a whole error. Most of them are just likely to get a segment of an error. And, you know what I'm saying, if you super duper fly, then you might get to last through a couple of errors. You know what I'm saying? Maybe not as a rapper, right. but definitely probably as a producer. Because yeah, there, there are rappers, you know what I'm saying, who like, you'd be like, oh my God, you made that beat. I don't want to hear a thing come out your mouth, but keep on making that music. So Jay Z is on this list. Okay, just give me. Can, mm. can you give me the top fifteen? I'm, the, I'm so curious. The top fifteen, or at least yeah. best or worst. All right, I'm gonna. This is the greatest of all time. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Starting uh, at number fifteen. Pac. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Hmm. Red man. He should be on the list of fifth top fifty. You're saying. 
13 is Pusha T. Interesting. Mm. I wouldn't put Pusha T past Red Man, personally. We're, we're not going in a <laughs> going in a good direction. <laughs> and I like Pusha T. I we, do. This is the like, wrong direction. Reggie Noble was one of my favorite MCs of all time. Oh, we ain't even got to the shits yet. Oh, yeah. Come oh on. Let's go. God. I mean, well, the, the, fact the, that, the fact that Pac was 15, because for a while, like, you know, 20 years ago, Pac was number one just because, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know number 12 is Rakim. Wow. 11 is Beans. Beanie Seagulls. All right, all right, all right, all right. So wait, wait, wait. Let's just pause real quick. Okay. Rakim Mm -hmm. was twelve. No, no, no. Rakim and and KRS One changed the way that hip hop was executed when they changed up their rhyme patterns and way they approach music. I just wanted to say that, like, along with like Big Daddy Kane and Uh LL Cool J, a couple other people, but like those, like, like they call him the God MC for a reason, yo. And he's number 12? Mm-hmm. And they got Beans above Rakim, the God MC? Okay, let's go. I'm I'm entertained now. Now I'm just going to smile. I'm going to be quiet for like the next three. Kung Fu Kenny is number 10. Who? Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. K-Dot. Ghostface is number nine. Biggie is eight. Jada Kiss is seven. F A B O L O U S. New York centric. Is number six. Like North North centric list. Yeah, I've not heard Corrupt's name pop up anyway on there. Not on this list, no. Oh my god. Um, Black Thought is number five. Surprised he made the list. Wait, he was on. Styles P is number four. Wait, Styles better than Thought. Okay. Joe Budden is number three. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to hear the last That's two. That's why I said I haven't even gotten to the shits oh yet. I don't want to hear the last two. Like, like, no, 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 what's crazy oh about God. that? No, what's crazy about that? I don't think Joe Budden would even put himself at number three. Uh, no, he no, didn't. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I, don't, I don't think he would put himself at number three. He might. He think he better. I don't think he, he would. He think he better than Eminem. Like, I, I think they he's They asked angry. a bunch of people he's, at Promises in Malibu to make this the day after detox. That's what you're telling me, right? Because I, I can't. I, I kind of want to. I kind of want two? my full disgust to be brought to fruition. So I kind of want to hear the last no, two. No, I got to hear the last two. Number two is Nas and number one is Jay-Z. So is KRS One on the list at all? No, he's not. KRS One is not on the, he is the not. top fifty. No, is Slick Rick on the list? This is a this is a Kardashian list, right? Slick Rick is not on the list. What, what are the, not did, on the did list. they explain before they constructed the list? Did they explain the criteria that they used to determine? And were there actually any hard metrics that they use? Because sometimes when a list like this happens, it starts to make sense if you start including hard metrics like album sales and numbers of weeks well, on you can't, charts. You can't when you put Jada Kiss and Joe like Budden up on the list. Like, like Joe Budden, they got no album sales and mess with most of the people that I, he passed. I simply wanted to know if, just if they <laughs> said yeah, anything. It out the window. I'm saying I wanted to hear if <laughs> they, a fair question. If they I said don't, I don't know. I just saw the list. About hard metrics. Was right. Ice Cube or Scarface on the list? Scarface is 16. Wow. Andre 3000 is 17. Wow. Uh, Eminem's not even like Eminem. Like, Eminem is twenty eight. Wow, is Royce on the list? No. Uh, Does see Royce? This list was made. Royce at is twenty one. party for the rejected castmates of the Real Housewives of Orange County. It has no J Cole on the list. 
J. Cole is 19. Okay. Well, uh, Lauren Hill, nope. MC Light. No women. No, no women. women? No wow. women. Okay. Not a single like, cause woman. Because like, the whole time I was like, Rhapsody's no. not on the list? Uh-uh. Like, no. okay. Nope. Okay. Jean uh-uh. Grey? No. Nope. 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 All right. Lloyd no Banks is number 50. Okay. Interesting. Stack Bundles oh. is 42. Who the fuck is Stack Bundles? I don't Bundles? know. I only mentioned it because oh, I know y'all right. fuck with hip hop a lot. And I was like, I don't know, I don't who, know Stack who Stack Bundles, Bundles is. is. So I'm going to throw it out name, there so that one of y'all can tell me music. like who Stack Bundles is. I think I've heard I know the I name, but I don't think I've heard it. If, I, if I've heard the music, oh, I didn't know it was Stack Bundles. made this list. Who? After hockey practice. Paul Ryan's son. Mace is 41. Mace should not be on the list. At all, there's yeah, so First of all, there's a lot of people who have you whose names Paul you just said. Grandmaster Kaz, maybe? <laughs> nope, he's not on there. <laughs> Christy is going all. What about Melly Mel? No. So like, so like, Cool Car- G Rap is up here at 31. Cool G Rap should be on the list. He should be. He should be. On I'm, the just, I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. Big Daddy Kane is he on the list? No. What? No. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, no. I'm naming people. I'm naming people from like. I'm naming uh, people from years gone by. Like I named Slick Rick. No. I named Big Daddy Kane. No. I named uh, KRS One. No. No Grandmaster Kaz. No, no. Melly Mel. No Ice Cube. Ice Cube is on the list. Ice Cube is, Ice Cube is 39. Okay. Az is 40. Is Tash from the Alcoholics on there? No. Az should be on the list. Yeah. Drake is 23. Tanya Harding made this list <laughs> after Happy Hour. <laughs> Raekwon is up here at 25. Wait, well, where's Meth? Method is 27. First of all, well, okay. Big Boy Ra- is 32. Raekwon and Ghost, you should you could make a legitimate argument that they both of them should be on the list. And I, you can I make legitimate that. arguments that neither of them should be on the list. Yeah. Would I would, you, would either you, way. Would you agree to put Ghost at nine? No. At nine? Nine. No. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. You can't understand. Ghost is at nine. Rayquan is at twenty-five. <laughs> here's, here's, Method is twenty-seven. I think. I think. One, I, I think. First of all, I I like Ghostface, and I think we all know this. No, I think stylistically. Annie Lennox has musical sensibility. Who? <laughs> what's, what's you say? Annie Lennox. Uh, Annie Lennox has better musical sensibility. She has been on the low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shade. Murdering yeah, this shade, yeah. with shade right yeah, yeah. now. Jeezy is thirty-three. Okay, I'm gonna wait. Okay, like um, well, uh, what's his what's his name? I can't I can't believe I'm getting his name right now. Um, Lupe is Lupe on the list? Lupe is twenty. Oh, interesting. Okay. Dmx is twenty two. Angela Merkel's grandmother ghost <laughs> made this list. <laughs> and hello. Uh, just the just, mighty most. I, I, is it like thirty? I'm surprised he made the list because, like, the way this list was being structured. But I, is Quali on the list? No, no, oh, wow, no. Cameron is 35. A lot of people like Cameron. Bun B is 36. Bun B should be considered on the list. Lil Wayne is 37. I think Bun B is actually one of the most slept-on dudes in hip hop in the last 15, 20 years. Eight Ball is 43. Eight Ball is actually a dope lyricist. Big Pun is 44. Pun is a dope lyricist. Pun is a dope (laughs) lyricist. I think Pun is a better lyricist than a lot of people that was in the top 20. The game is 45. LL is 46. Ladies Love Cool James is 46, really? Rick Ross is 47. Okay, I just got, got, before you, because you said Rick Ross, I got to stop for a second. I just just want to thought, like, you put LL Cool J next to Rick Ross. Mm -hmm. 
LL Cool J has been rhyming since he was 16 years old. He yo. should be better at it. Oh. According to this list. That's my uh, response. Betty White made just, this oh. list in her sleep. <laughs> 50 Cent is 48. <laughs> Buster Rhymes is 49. And Lloyd Banks is 50. No women on the list. Oh, and Twister is, is 26. There's no women. Twister is actually really slept on. an episode of Archer and T. Rich is going to wake up from her pod, you know what I'm saying? And there's going to be a hovering robot mother, you know what I'm saying? Now <laughs> waiting so, to greet her. So I want to say... can't be real. I want to say something. So I I did a, a, a top 15 lyricist like, like over 15 years ago on com website. And for the most part, I still stand by the people on the list. I would change the order. And like obviously shit has changed a little bit or whatever, but like all those people couldn't wind up on the top fifty list. And I was very clear that I I like, you know, because everybody's like, you know, on the rock him and Karis one when they're like a marriage status, I'd include them because I wanted to make sure I, I focus on other people. I put Twist on my top fifteen list. Cause like Twister, like if you listen to you Adrenaline have Rush, stack bundles on you. I did not, like no. But if you listen to Adrenaline Rush, for those who are listening to this podcast right now, Adrenaline Rush right now is better than most of the shit that you're listening to the radio on the radio right now. Even now, and that album came out back in 1997, and it smokes most of the material that is out right now by far. I have I have found that uh, I think. I don't know that I would argue Twisters and Busta Rhymes as places. I said lyricism. On the I didn't list. say greatest of MCs. I just said lyricism specifically. So that's one metric. Well, just to be clear. Well, I think you still need to define the metric of lyricism because I think lyricism has a lot to do with the with the like with your content it of does. what you're saying. It does. I think Busta and Twister are are they they are skilled rappers at a very specific like if you listen to the content of what they're saying. Twister like maybe a little like I don't know I think I would, I have might have you put listened to Adrenaline Rush yeah you listened to it yeah when's the last time you listened to it I'm not I'm not I'm not distance in time I'm just saying because if you haven't listened to it and I would I would invite you to listen to it again because I've like when you bust down his bars he's he's not actually like some people like for example I think Bone got to a point where they started rapping really fast and like some of what they were saying became less potent because it was like more about the cadence and how fast you can rap and all that stuff. Like nah, Twister's actually like don't saying twice the amount of lyrics and still putting in like dope like wordplay while he's doing it. That's why I included it. But again, so here's why again like there are a lot of people like to be fair as far as great as MC, mm-hmm. I would put a lot of people ahead of Twister. I'm just saying I think he deserved as far as lyricism. I thought like he deserved to be recognized, but that notwithstanding, here's why a list like this. As terrible as we all think it is, <laughs> it's subjective. Will be a valid list. It's because it's all opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like I I don't think Twister is I don't, I don't think his lyrical content is up to my standard. Like I have a standard by which I measure such things, and I don't think Twister is up to that standard. I think his vocal dexterity is off the charts. One of the greatest of all time to do it in that specific regard of uh, of his lyrical delivery. But I consider that a component of lyrical delivery. His content didn't resonate with me. Now, that doesn't mean it was bad content. That means it didn't resonate with me. 
Buster Rhymes, I've been saying for many, many years, Buster might be the greatest vocal, like lyrics, uh, lyrical delivery, deliverer of dexterous lyrics, like of all time. It, you, you know, you could arguably make that. But if you really bust down like Buster's lyrical content, he got a lot of funny stuff. Mm-hmm. But content wise, you'd be like, what the hell is Buster talking about? Like 80% of his lyrics. So. It's, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of you know just it, like Buster is very theatrical with his shit. Yeah, like, I yeah, also I, subscribe I, I to a particular type of lyrical content most of the time. Was Q Tip on the list? No, I'm a big fan of. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm I'm mostly a fan of like <laughs> I like technical lyricism. CeeLo Green? No. Okay. So I think your lyricism should be like have some sort have content of substance. Trick Daddy. Or it should be. Or it should be technically technically proficient. ASAP Rocky's prison guard <laughs> So that's why like when we start talking about lists like this, a lot of people don't like to get a white boy no love. But when we start busting down lyricists all time, I think M could arguably uh, get a top ten spot. Yeah. Like depending on how you arrange them. Yeah. You know? I hate them, but I agree. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. but Joe Budden at three. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would definitely Styles P at four. No, nobody should agree with Joe Budden. I don't. You even shouldn't think, even let Joe Budden read a top fifty list. I don't think Az or Mace should be on this list at all. Definitely not Az. No. Definitely the not. Top Did he do anything other than chill on Sugar SoundCloud made this list. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, Sosa and, and do, or die, do or die. I mean, he has he has some albums, but I mean, oh, I, Prodigy is up here. He's twenty nine. Yeah, I think I forgot to mention Prodigy. He probably only made it because he's dead, and I'm not saying that to shade him. I'm saying shading this list. Well, Stack Bundles is dead. He died in two thousand seven. I googled t- to see who this young man was. He was an up and coming New York rapper who was gunned down. That's, that makes sense. So if you're gonna have this dude on that nobody really knows about, <laughs> I'm I'm feeling that this person's coming because like I know a lot of the lot of the people on there were very like New York like upper Northwest centric like Northeast. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's there was not a lot of love. There was no Common on the list. Common is 18. Okay, interesting. Okay, so Common didn't make That's the list. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I would put him at 18, but I don't think I would. And I love Common, mm-hmm. but I don't know. About I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely prefer his rapping to his acting. Pasta Noose? <laughs> was Pasta Noose on the list? No. Okay. Mm. I mean, look, like, like Pasta Deuce was actually on my number one of lyricists. I just mm. like saying no that way now. Yeah, I get it. That's why I keep asking these names. <laughs> and you said Pharaoh Munch was not no. on the list. It's not on the list yeah. at all. No. He's not on the list. She's like, you two not on the list, though. No. When you bust down Pharaoh Monch's bars, you, you, you're you now talking about a top seven discussion. When you start talking about and Pharaoh Monch ain't even dexterous like that. It's all content. And in the way he structures uh-huh. his bars and the way he layers his metaphors and can have a run that the metaphor goes on for like two or three bars and it's one metaphor. It was like, I was about to say like, Pharaoh Munch got that run that shit back kind of content. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think think Pharaoh Munch is actually quite dexterous, actually. You know what I'm saying? And on top of that, like, Pharaoh Munch like has this weird way that he can actually like sing and rap at the same time. Most people have to do one or the other. I think I'm married to the silencer before I file for divorce and release my Excaliburs. 
That's Pharaoh Munch. That ain't on the top fifty list. No. Yeah, yeah. like it's like you Steve, like you Snake Pliskin. <laughs> Yo, like, like, look, I, I, I think Pharaoh Munch is an extremely dope rapper, and I know a lot of the rappers that I've been listening to, or the MCs I've been listening to over the last like X amount of years or whatever. He's definitely been in the rotation. Um, I'm not mad at Kung Fu Kenny being on the list. I'm not mad at Cole being on the list. That's fine. Lupe being on the list. I mean, that's arguable. I think Lupe gives you like really good shit, and he gives you like really just like ass shit. But I think See, he's super talented. That's why I asked the question. Like, I need to when you. It helps me. I didn't make this list, so I yeah, can't yeah, tell them what they're I certainly I, did not make this I, list. I want that to be clear to everyone who is <laughs> yeah. listening. This is not Takia's list. This is not T. Rich's list. This is a list from the Twitter sphere. I'm just I saying, think anytime you, you make a list, Twitter gave us that list. Anytime you oh make, God. anytime you make a list, and check you it twice. Should, Somebody ain't checked that shit twice. Well, you should that. give your criteria. That should be a requirement of any list you give. The you should clearly state your criteria. That is, not a list. that is a troll. That is a troll made by trolls. <laughs> Somebody's trying to make Joe Budden feel good. I'm just saying, Rhapsody. Is it his birthday? Joe, Joe Budden wrote that list. He just did. He put himself in number three so people wouldn't think he wrote it. A white supremacist wrote that list to troll Talib Kweli. <laughs> I actually would probably agree with that. <laughs> 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 I mean, y'all. Yeah, yeah Fonte wasn't on the list. No. Yeah, okay, I just. I mean, like, I'm just gonna like every like it's like that, the more like I'm I'm trying to go to regions outside of like you know. Yeah. Like outside New York. of New York. Tom yeah, Martin yeah. Made that list. But you said corrupt. I think that's a very valid, valid. You no. know. I'm saying. DJ Quick. Had, no. You know. Mitch McConnell's perineum wrote that list. <laughs> Did you see? What I wouldn't I, like, have been surprised out? to see Mitch McConnell's perineum actually on this trash ass <laughs> list. If I saw it, I'd have been like, "Yeah, that, that sounds about right." Mitch McConnell's perineum Mitch, should be Mitch around McConnell about fifty, based on he's like one of the who wrote this list. Titan. Did you see that joke I put on there? Uh uh-uh. uh On your on your Facebook page, you had a, you had a post of Mitch McConnell. I said that band looks like one of the monsters on Attack on Titan. <laughs> Oh yeah, I did see that. Yo, I, like, I can't. Uns- yo, I can't unsee it, Joe. He looks just like one of the bamboos from Attack on Titan. Oh, Bitch McConnell recently uh, fractured his shoulder. By the way, okay, we should just know that he did that. Okay, how old is he? I don't know. He's he's uh, not old enough. He need to get out of politics. I thought something really bad. I'm not gonna say it though. Look, I don't wish him any harm, but why couldn't it have been a hip? Mitch Mitch McConnell. Has probably been, it's arguably been worse for this country than Donald Trump has been. Arguably. He's had more time to impact the the fabric of this country. I would yep. agree with that. And uh, all Donald well, Trump has really done is, is uncover a lot of racism and white supremacy that that's been so minor. here. All he has done. I'm saying it's been <laughs> no, great. It's like, Donald Trump ain't bring nothing new to the table. He just like has emboldened. He has. He's no, been emboldened like, people to do stuff that they has. already wanted to do. I like know? he inherited a house. That had a bunch of furniture in it, but had been like neglected for a while. And he went in there and started pulling the sheets off of everything mm-hmm. and exp- up the yeah, dust. kicking yeah. up all the dust and exposing all the ugly shit that was there. But it was already there. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. Nice. Look, I don't disagree with anything of what y'all are saying. I just feel like I don't think anybody imagined that we'd have a president that was so unpresidential. Like before Donald Trump yeah, declared he was going to run for office. 
I think we all thought like George Bush, like ah, look at this guy. It's like like yo. I feel what if I was we, about to say. I feel like we forgot what an imbecile George Bush was. I haven't. The bar has been set. So and I low. still think George and Bush was the worst clear, president. He was a horrible man. president. Yeah, I think he's the worst president in Trump still. And if we if we qualify it as modern president, because if you start going through history, we're we gonna make a list now, like like the last. One? <laughs> like, yo, let me like let me put it like put it in the wild, like George Bush is worse than Trump, yo. Got bars Actually, I have a book I never mind. Y'all <laughs> just be on the lookout. I, I got a book idea um, for something that's right up this alley. Okay. Okay. Just started jotting down ideas for it uh, yesterday. Okay. Oh, so that'll be ready next week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't write all books that fast. Okay, okay. All right. Only books of poetry full of poems that I've already written. Yeah, nah, that's not that's not the exact uh, narrative, and that's not accurate. Uh, <laughs> that's cool though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I didn't beat a room full of people at Jeopardy damn near by myself. Like, okay, uh, yesterday. We're not talking about me. We're talking about. I'm just saying. Ball juggling? How did you know I was juggling my balls? Jesus. Like, this is. You know, that's what I say when you two start, like, no, that's doing kind of. No. This is just me having me time. No, that was actually me just being, like, a little bit salty the fact that he's actually, like, finished up with that. Dude, he, this man has written and published. That's not, it's not about six that. Six books of it's poetry. Not about that. That, that's in the past. Though. I wrote one. That's in the oh past. Oh, God. I only wrote one. Okay, we're going to stop talking about it. <laughs> it really, it well, really is just my no. It's, it's just it's, it's me. It's me projecting my anxiety about this novel that I've been working well, on. Well, get your like game up then. It's not that easy. But thank you for your encouragement. Ahead, I'll girl, take all encouragement. No, yeah. it's not that easy, but it's easier than. So that's going to be like the title of this shit. Going know? it over and over and over. <laughs> like, you can't keep just throwing that out. I mean, I'm not going to say. <laughs> it was it. an amazing moment. Okay, I, I love Worry you. is a prayer for something you don't even want to happen. Whoa. And then I that ca- then no, that I happened. Totally understand what she said. That's what that was deep. That sounds like somebody, somebody grandma would say it. Like, when are you parsing it? Like, I'm, I am. I'm parsing it. I'm like, yes, I need to. You remember that? I'm gonna have to spend some time with this. So we didn't talk about Aziz and Sorry. We uh, did not. Oh, we last time we yeah didn't we didn't talk, talk about, about Aziz and Sorry. Also, Dear White People, third season has come out on Netflix. That is a thing. I'm not expecting that everybody's like current on that, um, but. But maybe folks want to talk about Aziz Asari because we were making a thing to like talk about it at one point. I'm, I'm I cool. can do that. Cool I mean, it's, it's up to you, it's up to you all. Uh, just like you know, maybe maybe if I'm like, able to do that, maybe T Rex introduces off, it, it'll be better. Introduce, please, it. sir. Do the thing you do. Do the thing you do. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't know we were gonna discuss it, so I don't have a transition lined up. <sighs> <sighs> I know, and you kind of actually, you did the transition when you said, "Do you want to talk about it?" I feel like we are transition. I just, I just, I just, I just like it better when we are transition. As a transition. <laughs> yeah. So, so, because we didn't get to it last week, can we talk about Aziz? I'm sorry. That's great. Yeah, let's That's do that. What a good idea. Nice transition, Christy. Yeah. What are your What were your thoughts? <laughs> now that you bring it up, that transition. So this was Aziz Ansari's first offering a post-problematic Me Too maybe moment. Um, <laughs> as we've discussed his his Me Too moment. And, yeah. yeah. If you have questions, best. right. At, at best, it's left to interpretation. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so the, the other end of the Jesse Smollett, like, like, mm, mm. Mm. 
Okay. Um, I so thought this, it was funny. I thought it was funny. Um, oh, yeah, it was definitely good. I wasn't show. sure, yeah. like, what it was going to be because it started out a little like, hey, man, I fucked up. And I realized mm-hmm. I fucked up. And, you know, let me talk to you about the fact that I fucked up. And I was just like, oh, well, what kind of, what, what, what am I, what am I getting here? Um, but I thought it was, it was funny and, you know, the best comedy is based in truth. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of truth about just, you know, things that you could have said done X amount mm-hmm. of years ago that mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, that's a problem. And just mm-hmm. even when he was like, yeah, if I took Jesse here on the front row and was like, oh, this is my friend and he's going to be on tour with me now talking about like the Michael Jackson things. Like mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. would look at me like the fuck is wrong with you, Aziz. You, you can't do this. This is right. wrong. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And just kind of giving things that got a pass in the past a different light now. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was I thought it was interesting. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was respectable that he immediately like accepted accountability for his part. He didn't get into the like the details, like well, trying to justify exactly what he did. He just took accountability and said, "Yeah, I I messed up. I could have done better." Essentially, and he was able to make fun of himself, and then actually, like you know, again, like what T. Rich was saying, uh, draw some interesting parallels. The show, like, hey, this is not a new thing. This is a thing, like you know, as times change, you know, this. These are things that happen, and we have to be able to acknowledge what they are as they're happening. I don't know what is going on over here. It sounds like there's like a wind tunnel shooting a, a ray of some kind. I don't, I don't oh, I'm, 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 I'm restocking you, my provisions. Are you Do you have a kitchen window that's open just a smidge? Are you draining, no. draining someone's life force? <laughs> That was me opening the refrigerator. Yes. Yeah. And probably Damn, your refrigerator hard. cold as fuck, huh? <laughs> that should sound like the tundra. It does. <laughs> it is cold. It tends to freeze things. Sorry, go ahead. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> you had to stop and point out my cold ass refrigerator. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, I think I would actually just be like doing what Slim said last week in terms of like. Like when somebody's already said, it, I think T. Rich said essentially what I would have said just better. So I mean, yeah, I, I thought it was very good. I think it's worth a watch, and I I thought it was a good way to to just get out there, so to speak. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, he can't like stop being you know a comedian, right? But From, damn, like the people no. of your past were trash. <laughs> like all yeah. y'all, y'all are horrible. From the perspective of a like watching a comedian work, um, I did think it was usually uh, Aziz Ansari has a very particular kind of energy when he does stand up comedy, and the whole energy of this performance was different, and it was still funny. So I respected that watching it from like a technical execution of comedy perspective, um, how he started with, you know, talking about accountability, um, didn't dwell on it, transition and segued into doing jokes, making cogent statements about, you know, all the things that you guys stated, but doing it all with a style, a whole delivery style that was just like more. It was a little more mellow and more subdued than mm-hmm. what he usually does, but it was still funny. And it was left Google. Um, a little more heady, less and a little less Google. Yeah. So I I dug that, um, you know, just respecting the the, comedic chops to do that. I like the way he took accountability because I feel like that whole situation he was in was so weird. 
that I think the way he phrased it just to be like, you know, well, I'm a paraphrase was just to be like, you know, he felt terrible that he had made somebody feel so terrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that to me kind of like reflects that, like, oh, I learned something and like, you know, I see where I can grow. But I also feel like, you know, even him talking about, you know, he felt a million different ways about the situation is totally, you know, I think it really just kind of captured the fact that like I'm human. Yeah. And I think it also kind of spoke to the fact that like, yeah, it was a fucked up situation, but like, I, you know, like, and, and there's room for growth, but it was also one of those things where like, I feel like there has to be some acknowledgement of the fact that the reason why he can even make a comeback amongst this cancel culture is because like the, the incident is, 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 really kind of debatable at best exactly you know what i'm saying and 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 i feel like you know it really will take a woman i think comedian to get up and really talk about you know how like we can have these weird experiences that like in hindsight make you feel shitty but like if you weren't actively feeling that bad while it was going on and you didn't do anything to try and stop it or extricate yourself from the situation you have to kind of take some ownership of the lack of agency that you exhibited in that particular situation. Um, so I just felt like it was important for him to not to acknowledge that it was a bad thing that happened, but not necessarily take on a whole lot of blame because I feel like not that it's about, you know, victim blaming or shaming, but like, you know, agency is a thing that women have to learn to um, really kind of claim for themselves. Um, and, and I, I feel like, you know, I say this because the reality is anytime everybody walks outside the house, but I think especially women, given the statistics, like you take your life into your own hands. And if you're not prepared to defend yourself to the death, you know what I'm saying? Then like you are in some ways unprepared for uh life. And that doesn't mean that, you know, we, I'm, I'm saying anything about people who don't fight, you know, they may flee or freeze or fawn, but like the reality is like, you got to be prepared to offer some kind of response for the trash that life throws at you. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes that may be standing up for yourselves. And I think as women, sometimes we're too socialized to accommodate. So we don't know when we're supposed to say, nah, dude, this is not okay. Um, I'm not for this. I think I get what you're talking, what you're saying. It's kind of like the, there's an equivalent to, um, you don't want to victim blame, but how, black parents got to have the talk with their kids about police and all this other stuff. Like you, you, it's not your fault. If something, if you get into a predicament of that kind, but you also don't want your kids to get murdered by the cops. So you have that right cop. now, now that's the, no. the difficulty of it is you, you look at Philando Castile, right? And then you look at, him like doing everything the right way and he still got murdered by a police officer so i think what what christy is saying is like you still somehow we need to be able to socialize each other socialize women socialize underrepresented people that somehow we need to be able to equip ourselves to speak up for ourselves in those moments we have to be able to somehow stand up for ourselves in those moments. Exactly that. Exactly yeah. that. Like I was just listening to this podcast, Jesus and Joloff, uh, with uh oh, 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 oh. Yvonne Orgy and Lavia Jai. 
Yes. Yes. You said orgy? Um, and one of the episodes that they did, I think, for the second season was 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 about conflict resolution. And I feel like we don't actually get enough conflict resolution skills in life, you know what I'm saying, from our parents. And we certainly don't learn how to in any kind of structured way or, you know what I'm saying, you know, way that's been proven to be, you know, like actually helpful or useful. We don't really learn to resolve conflicts around relationships and, you know, sexual encounters in a way that, you know, rapists will be rapists, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, there can be some awkward situations that we can learn to like actually talk our way and use our words out of. Um, and I, I feel like we just, we don't have enough of those skills. Is there any question the as to why though? When, when like, I mean, I, I think we started off this conversation where we were talking about the lack of accountability and essentially like T. Rich read a whole like a litany of reasons as to why, you know, these mass shootings are happening. We can't have like constructive and open and honest conversations about why things are. We're not comfortable enough to talk about sex to our kids. So a lot of times the kids are learning about sex from the peers who know as little about sex as they do. We're not comfortable about talking about enslavement. We're not comfortable about talking about like the the dynamics between men and women and the power vacuum. I mean, there, so, a lot of we're not socialized well. We yeah, teach yeah, so, little girls so, that your vagina is called a pocketbook. We teach little boys that your penis is called a, a wee wee. And, you know, Uncle Kirby over here who comes around to like, you know, every funeral and family reunion, every third family reunion, go hug him, even though we all know he's weird and he shouldn't be around those kids. But it's still like you don't have the opportunity to have agency and say, like, this is your decision. Do you do you feel comfortable? So you Mm -hmm. socialize children to not even feel comfortable in their own skin with their own bodies. And so then when you start talking about like the idea of like talking about sex and you're not even comfortable saying vagina and penis and you want to have a conversation about sex. Some people don't even like to hear right. the word moist. And cognitive dissonance. That's not dissonance, fair. It manifests itself in every aspect of this. There's as the, all the things that we're talking about right now. And as T. Rich has mentioned. And, you know, sometimes I just like to defer to her because she's a, a expert uh, in this field. Um but there's brain science that we are constantly discovering and unlocking about communication, how you approach people, how you address ideas and and the impacts of experience and uh, the impacts of genetics and all this stuff on your brain and how it works and how you interact. Like we get all this information on how to do this better, how to communicate better, how to arm people with the skills and the ability to relate to one another better, but the cognitive dissonance. We just won't allow ourselves to do something new in the face of this new information. Uh, Right. Because like we hear all the time, you know, as far as like rape is concerned, you know, like no means no. We never hear anybody telling, you know, in in a class or in a curriculum saying what the follow up to being told no is because I feel like, you know, like some things you got to like have practiced out or rehearsed out for Mm. you because the moment will catch you so off guard that, you know what I'm saying? You actually need a script, you know what I'm saying? Kind of handed to you beforehand. So like you can break it out just in case of emergency. And I feel like one of the things that we need to be talking about in sex ed class is like, what is the response to being told no? 
Because we do tell them that no means no. We just don't have a follow up for that, which is OK. So then if you are told no, if you hear no, if you think no is coming, these are some things that you can say, you know what I'm saying, that make the situation less awkward and, you know, kind of like de-escalate the situation. But like, again, you know, we are socialized badly. But but I think what I'm saying is that in nowhere in any of all of this education that we're getting about excuse me, don't rape or protect yourself from rape. Nobody is really talking about how do we in many situations actually, and and we're not talking about people where, you know what I'm saying, you're in a position of power and somebody is abusing that, but I'm talking about actual just one-on-one situations. We could eliminate a fair amount of date rape, you know what I'm saying, possibly if we could tell people what the response to no is. We could eliminate a fair amount of these you know, incidents like Aziz Ansari had, if we could talk about what is the response to no? What is the response to you don't feel comfortable, but you don't want to make the situation all weird and it's not necessarily about making an emergency exit? How do we talk ourselves backward from this point? That's all I'm saying. And that's agency. And the reality is nobody has it because people don't know how to respond to no and people don't know how to say no. But I mean, you know, just like maybe slow down or like, can we like talk about this? I don't like the tone of the situation. Can I not get raped or murdered or both? Right. I recall this is this is like I don't want to draw false equivalents because this is in no way or at no level similar to rape or uh, being about to be raped or anything like that. This is merely a situation where something uncomfortable and abusive was about to happen. And this is how I de-escalated that situation. Um, I was with an ex. I will say an ex, not a specific ex. And um she was enraged and it was a tendency of hers to become enraged. Uh, and when she would become enraged, there were times where she would express herself verbally in a very abusive manner. Uh, and in this one particular occasion, I could see it happening because there are patterns and I saw it about to start and she started getting upset and she started saying things. And I had recently seen the Kevin Hart comedy special, one of his first couple, one of his first three. When he was still funny. Yeah, where, yeah. Where, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. When he was saying, that's fair. Yeah. So, so I, when I saw her saying something, she took one beat and it was just long enough for me to look her in her eye and shake my hand and say, you are something else. <laughs> and she started laughing. She was so caught off guard by the joke. She just was not because usually my response in those situations was to withdraw or not say anything or like, you know, but there's a pattern to abuse on the victim side, too. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was I just said, you are something else. And I shook my head. I said it with all conviction. And I knew it was funny when I was saying it. That helped. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) The confidence of the funniness. Um, That's one of the and it, it didn't dawn on me until that moment, even in that situation, I've always used comedy in my pain i've always used it but i wasn't using it in this particular situation and i'm not saying that's the way for everybody and it's not a panacea for how you navigate all situations Mm -hmm. it's just a tool in the toolbox and some people use certain tools better than other people um it's just a matter of like identifying like christy said what are the things socializing women to be empowered to say no socializing men to be accepting of that no 
in a way that's not emasculating or not uh it just doesn't destroy you it's like it's not like you don't have no game or nothing like that it's just you you wanted something she either didn't want it or maybe wanted it but not in that moment who knows doesn't matter right now she's saying no and for you to just be okay with that well, I would like, to <laughs> like add, all of that stuff is is socialization. Yeah, like I would like to add, even if you feel those emasculated, like yo, you still gotta like just eat that. You know what I'm saying? Well, day, I think what Chrissy's like, saying is, how do we get you to a, get, get us to a it. point where you don't? Because we can just say, every, yeah, we can just say, just eat that. No, no, but no. That's not the way emotionally no, people I'm talking work. About, what I'm talking about is like, like some 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 men are gonna feel because like like because there are some men that that are going to feel entitled to things. You know what I mean? So, like, no is going to be an offense to their sensibility. It's like, what do you mean, no? You know what I'm saying? Well, my caveat, my caveat was rape is going to rape. Yeah, yeah, like, like, but that, you know, that's all I'm saying. It's like, like, rape, yeah, like, but there are a lot of situations that turn into rape that possibly, you know, what I'm saying, like, like, I think there are escalation. situations, yeah. quite okay. frankly, that escalate and make rapists out of people. Where maybe if we had some language to be able to say no to this and then respond to it, we could behave differently. I also feel like, you know what I'm saying, everybody needs to be told how to say no. Because I think that there are a lot of boys who go along with a lot of sexual encounters that they're not really interested in because they don't want to bear the shame of emasculation from some girl, you know what I'm saying? Or another boy, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Going around and saying, Oh, you know what I'm saying? He's weak. He's whack. He's this because you know what I'm saying? I tried to, and he didn't because, you know, we, we, we still haven't really socialized people to understand that like you like chocolate, you like vanilla, you like peach and you don't fuck with none of that shit. You only fuck with strawberry and you're not hearing anything else. And preference is preference. And the reality is everybody don't have to like you. Even if most people do, somebody won't live with it. Have you guys heard the term, uh, sapiosexual? Yes. Mm -hmm. I've never heard that term before until today. It's my first time hearing that term. Didn't know what it, I didn't know what it was. Did, do you all want to explain it or can I read the definition of it as it's listed on Google? How did you come across this term? Uh, it's just, came, <laughs> you know, the social media. Like people oh, post and share stuff. I didn't know, know if this was like a conversation you were having at work. Or, nah, that's why nah. I was just like, um. Uh, my conversations at work um, consist of Y'all better leave me alone (laughs) because I'm doing my best and y'all are making it very difficult. You're trying to to socialize them to understand no? Yeah. I'm trying to socialize them to understand that this suit and this tie and this vest has not always been my attire. Don't let the smooth taste fool you. And I am really trying to maintain my professional demeanor in the face of this foolishness. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Hope, nigga. So, I'm I, about to choke. Right. Like, I'm not going to shoot up the workplace, but I might whoop your ass in this parking lot. That's all I'm saying. Like there'd be come a time where we would no longer be colleagues. <laughs> and then, and then, and then the, what happens? Catch your ass you on the bricks. Will not be have a direct outside, impact. Safe from <laughs> run, but you can't hide forever. Oh, I like to resolve conflict through dialogue. What's your? Is what I like to do. Well, 
I, the, the sapio, we were talking about sexuality and communication. We were talking about choice, and that's what triggered it um, when Christy talked about choice and preference. Um, a sapiosexual is someone that is sexually and mentally turned on by smart people. Sapiosexuals are aroused by intelligence. Um, I, I thought that was I didn't have I didn't know that there was a word to describe that. I've always considered myself to be a person who's been primarily uh, aroused by uh, a potential mate or partner's ability to converse and make cogent points and have good conversation. And and, you know, that's always been something that I found very, very sexy, Um, you know, physical appearance. Yes, very important. But that I feel like that's. That's something that I've always looked for in a person uh, from a pro- romantic perspective. And then not to mention also my friendships. Also, you you all know me and are around me a lot. You know that my friends are smart <laughs> being counted Thank among uh, be, being counted among them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just didn't know there was a word for it. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. On that note, we are going to free you to go have whatever kind of sex you want to that is consensual. Smart people mind sex. <laughs> what is that? Uh, Vulcan sex. No. Was it, um, was it uh, Vulcan mind milk? What's it? No. What was it? Wesley Snipes and. No. Uh, That's not what I was thinking of at all. Sylvester Stallone. Uh, Demolition Man. Demolition Man. Didn't they have the. Didn't they have sex with the with the mind mental thing? I don't know. I can't think of what I was gonna say. So yes, take care of yourselves <laughs> and take care of each other. Uh, signing off, T. Rich. That's double, aka Slim Williams. We've been to the third, aka Da Vinci Parks. K. Savage. Bye, Bye friends. Bye, friends. Wash your legs. <laughs> stay blessed. Stay woke. I had a very awful night. I thank y'all for picking up my my veritable slack. But did you wash your legs? I, like my, my legs were washed today. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know sometimes it can weigh you down. This is all the, the leg dirt. Yeah, the leg dirt. <laughs> the dead skin on your legs. <laughs> I had to slough all of that off. You yeah. do yeah. daily. Yeah. I bet you Mitch McConnell don't never wash his legs. Walk around smelling like a fool. I think he don't wash his neck folds properly. That's why his perineum don't know shit about rap. I really was. I really feel like we could have had a whole like thing on that damn list. Like, the more you said about that list, the more enraged I got. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. You might be able to get two separate shows out of this. <laughs> you might I'm be able tell to you like this. Like, that, that was a weird. Like when you brought that list up, that like the whole energy changed. Like we went from gun violence to like well, that was wanted to create gun violence. After <laughs> 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 that, you read that list. Like wait a second. Like all these people were better than Reggie. No, it's white supremacist propaganda. Ha, 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 ha.